There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Now, the big voice guy, he gets it right every week. It is Nebraska Preps postgame. That's my man, affectionately dubbed JP. I believe on his government, it says Jacob. We like JP, though. <laughs> is JP still okay? Yeah. It's, I, been, it's, been a, it's been like five or six months. I just want to make sure we're still good. Yeah, it, the thing about that is my brother is also JP, so it kind of depends on uh, who's there and who's talking. Uh, we, could, we both catch the JP nickname, so. Yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to discern a little bit better. We've been having a little preview, a little series uh, about some of the preeminent training facilities. We've seen the uptick in basketball in the area the last – uh, four or five years. Some will tell you it's been longer than that in the making. I would be inclined to agree, but uh, one of the originals, uh, is, is, as good as it gets. Uh, when, you, when your name is in the title, it's probably a good deal, right? <laughs> yep. We'll go CEO, founder, the originator of Hoffman Hoops. Uh, Brian Hoffman joins us uh, this week on Nebraska Preps post game brian good afternoon how are you doing pretty good how are you guys doing we're good we we do this every week and so we always try to find different angles kind of interesting people um just to not only learn our for ourselves but our, our podcast listeners as well man how have you how have you been first of all i always like to check on people personally it's been a long year uh you're in the service business you provide uh, resources and an outlet for the community. It has changed drastically in the last year. You've got a great new facility. How, how are you holding up? I do. I think we should check on you first. Oh, I'm, everything's going good on my end. Um, you know, the, the COVID deal was definitely kind of a little bit of a change of pace, but, um, you know, it was also the good thing about it was it was just a little bit of a pause during the, you know, spring, summer, AU season so that kind of allowed me just to have a little bit more family time too so I definitely took advantage <laughs> of that to be with my kiddos and uh go back to teaching a little bit with the kids and then just having a lot of family time as well so I kind of kind of took it uh, uh as an opportunity to just kind of reset a little bit and uh be able to hang, hang out with my family and then kind of get recharged and be good to go from there so yeah, other than that, everything's been good. The only the only bad thing, my daughter broke her arm on Sunday mm, playing yeah. basketball. So, so yeah, so now she's been at home. So, um, yeah, I've been uh, doing her handwriting since she broke her right arm. <laughs> she, yeah, oh, no. That's the only bad thing that's been probably that's, – that's probably the worst thing that's been going on. So, But other than that, everything else has been going great. The new facility has been great. So, yeah, everything's been, been uh, moving forward pretty well. Yes, um – Getting into that, why don't you give us a little bit about your background and how you kind of got into this space of carving out your niche here as uh, a guy that's helping out a lot of people in, in this area? I would say I was probably a skill trainer before I even knew I was a skill <laughs> trainer way back 
even from my high school days. Um, <laughs> I'm just from a small town, Osmond, Nebraska, about yeah. 800 people, kind of north of Norfolk, about 30 miles. Uh, went to high school there, small town, so you had to do a lot of things by yourself. There wasn't a million AU games to play. There wasn't, you know, few and far between pickup games, so you had to have some creativity and imagination while I'm growing up on the farm in my driveway. So I think that's kind of where everything started for me. Um, from there, uh, I played for Coach McDermott at Wayne State College. Uh, I think on that aspect of it, too, that's where I really developed my understanding and learning how to play the game and how to teach the game and how to dissect the game um, while also developing the understanding of how all the skills are involved um, into a team setting. So just coming from a small town, you know, probably not knowing a lot about the game and then being able to go into a college setting um, under coach McDermott's allowed me just to learn from him, you know, about details, watching film, teaching, uh, all those aspects of the game that I, you know, I carried with me um, once I got, well, once I got done playing at Wayne state college. So, um, so once I got done at Wayne state, my last uh, year after playing for him, while I was still in college, I was a head coach at Allen, Nebraska. So that's where I got my first win and I got a whole bunch of losses. <laughs> hey, welcome to the club. Yeah, no, yeah, we, I think we, had, we had more foreign exchange student kids playing that team than we had actual uh, uh, American kids. So that was quite, that was a good, that was an experience, but it also just, um, just set me on a path of something that I always knew I wanted to do. And then, uh, then I got a job in Gretna, Nebraska in 2000. And then basically from, from there, I think I had my first, my first player. I probably started individually working with It's probably 2003 would have been Cole Spurgeon. Um, and then the Miller brothers, Tanner and uh, Trent. Yep. And then Cole went on to be all Nebraska football and basketball, went to Colorado school of mines, being all American football player. Um, so that was kind of my first start with my, my first kids. And then it's just been growing ever since. Yeah, it's interesting because you, you've seen it all really and got a lot of versatility. You're widely known around this area as firm, but fair, um, very good and detail oriented at what you, what you do. You mentioned coach Mack, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because he's evolved too, right? You saw, you've seen some space and some pace at Wayne and Tempo and very good with set pieces, then changed a little bit in, in the middle portions. We're back to playing a little bit more space and pace. When you watch the game and you've seen how it's changed in the last 20 years, what are the non-negotiables for you as, a, as somebody that's in skill development? I think the biggest thing, and it's what's kind of crazy, when I played at Wayne State, we had a point guard who was an All-American. He was a scoring point guard. He was athletic. He could score. He could defend. We had a stretch four. I mean, we, we were threes and layups way back in the day. Yeah. So to kind of see it evolve to here, I'm like, well, shoot, we've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> like, you know, like I want dudes who can shoot and I want a guy that can score one-on-one -on -one inside. And if they got a double, we're going to get three. So that's, you know, that was, that's all I knew since playing college days. Um, and then just being around coach Mack from Wayne state and North Dakota state and you and I and Iowa state and then back to Creighton. I think the biggest thing is um, for me, it just being true to yourself, being who you are, um, expecting the best out of players, um, 
expecting their best effort, expecting their best concentration. Um, I'm not one to beg kids to come do this, do that. I'm not chasing kids around. Like if they want to be here and they want to come, they're there to work. Mm. And that's what I expect out of them. And those are, that's probably the biggest non-negotiable is you're here to work, you're here to get better and you're here to concentrate. And that's kind of my expectation, whether it's an individual workout, group workout, AU teams, satellite camps. Uh, basically that's, that's kind of my expectation for the kids and that'll, that'll never change. Yeah. And you've got as wide of a range as anybody. I think you work with, <laughs> work with kids that just started pick, uh, picking up a basketball for the first time. And you yep. work with pros like Doug McDermott, some other Creighton guys. Yep. How, how do you specialize? Like, what does it take to be able to be really good at uh, helping people improve at all skill levels with that wide of a uh, degree of people that you're working with? Uh, well, for me, I mean, that, that started with thousands of hours of film, thousands of hours of doing drills on my own, thousands of hours of teaching, whether it's in the classroom, it's, you know, and every, you know, when I, when I expect the kids to get better every single workout, I expect myself to get better every single workout. And that, and that started since, you know, 1990, you know, 1995 when I got done, you know, obviously in high school too, but in college, I mean, it, it, that was kind of my approach where I'm going to do everything I can to be suited to be able to explain, you know, something to Doug as a professional and the details of that um, to being able to explain it to a level of a third grade kid. And, and the biggest thing I think uh, maybe what separates me is just being able to see what they're doing, right. What they're doing wrong, be able to adjust in the moment within the workout or within the game to help guide them the best to make the improvements the fastest. Um, But I think what it comes down to is just the time and knowledge you spend, um, really getting into the game and getting into those details and doing them yourself. Um, you know, having that creativity and imagination and also have the ability to communicate with different types of learners, you know, visual learners, auditory learners, some got to see it, hear it, feel it, look it, do it, uh, repeat it, live situation, half speed, guided practice. Uh, there's just, you know, you have to be able to identify what type of learner they are and how to communicate with them the best to get the best results the fastest. See, that's interesting because, um, like I said, when there's a there's a fine line between consistency and and doing something for a long, sustained time period, right? That's success. So you've had that, yet you have to be, at least to some degree, don't you? Adjust in the moment, given the different learning capacities that each of your players have that you're working with, I. Gosh, that's got that's got to be an interesting juggling act too, because in the back of your mind you know what works, but you have to be able to see where, how, and I would guess sometimes even if it fits. Yeah, and sometimes the best things, especially at the professional level, is the things you don't tell them because you want them to. Uh, some you know, even with some of my professional guys, 
you know, some of the reason why they're successful is because some of the things I didn't tell them because you don't want them to overthink other things that are not important. Mm. Um, so that, that aspect of it too is like, okay, know when to know what to say, when to say it, but also what not to say as well to prevent them from, you know, having to think about things that aren't as important, kind of keeping the main thing, the main thing, um, you know, with the professional level. Um, and then to your point, again, just being able to, um, again, know the kind of kid that you're dealing with. And also uh, part of that too, you know, as you, as you do that, the biggest thing is like with those relationships that you build, mm. you know, and I think, you know, a lot of time, I mean, pretty much every day with my kids, how are you feeling? Um, how do you like to be coached? Um, how do you best learn? And, you know, those are simple questions that people take for granted. Um, I think that they just kind of, uh, you know, try to figure out, but it's, as it's going to be as easy as just asking the kids and they'll be pretty honest with you. Like, Hey, I don't, you know, I'm, I like to learn this way. I'm more hands-on. I got, I kind of like to look at it, feel it, see it, see you do it first. And then I kind of get into it where I can get a feel for it too. So you know, just being able to, you know, individually, you know, and some of that stuff, I think I have a pretty good, uh, just feeling, you know, part of that's just, you know, if you're good at sales, some guys are good at sales. They can talk. I can't, you know, other people can't, you know, sell a car to anybody. Some people can sell everything <laughs> to anybody. Kind of thing. So everyone's kind of born with a little bit of innate qualities that, you know, which is why you're doing what you're doing type of thing too. Um, but um, I guess to your point too, a lot of, uh, I always tell my coaches, you know, the kids don't know what they don't know. You can't get mad at them for something we haven't taught them. You know, you can't be yelling at a kid, hey, get back in transition defense. And they're like, well, what's transition defense mean? Where do I need to be out on the floor? What are you talking about? So, you know, we always, I always err on, you know, explaining things thoroughly to have a good understanding. Um, and then we can always kind of build from there. And an all around trainer, but I think one of the things that kind of, separates you and uh, is your attention detail particularly with the shooting portion of yeah, uh, developing players and uh, yeah. all that what's kind of your process for helping kids become better shooters especially with how important that is and is becoming even more so in the game yeah that's a definite non-negotiable right yeah. shooting <laughs> yeah 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 it is it's always kind of blew my mind. I mean I always has you know I don't know what at what point when people finally figured out you should be good at shooting the basketball. <laughs> into the hoop. I mean, that's kind of the purpose of the you know, thing, but uh, uh, but that's that's all right. But uh, you know, my I do a lot of uh, videotape analysis. We watch a lot of film, like a uh, you know when the first kid first comes in, we'll videotape everything. Just kind of not teach them anything. Take them through the assessment as far as hey doing stuff off the catch stationary stuff off the catch uh shots off the moves shots off the dribble uh, just different kind of movement patterns just to see how they are right now and then a lot of kids don't know they've never had their shot videotaped they've never had it explained you know it's a mom or dad saying hey your shot looks flat your shot has too much arc you're not using enough legs so they're getting a lot of different feedback without actually ever seeing what their shot looks like in different types of environments so that's a really, really big key. Um, and we do that throughout workouts, whether it's the first one or the hundredth one that we're doing, uh, we're always filming. And so, you know, whether it's with the shooting form part of it, we use a lot of film. Um, the next avenue that I have is just my series of drills that I do just to break down each part of their shot. So if they, you know, I, it's important for me for them just to concentrate on one part of their shot at a time. As soon as they start to think about two or three things, 
basically they're thinking about nothing. So we kind of dial into each part of their shot. So then we can kind of build it up into the total package. Um, and then just with the technology that I have in my building that gives them that instant feedback every single time they shoot, every every shot that's taken in my gym, they know the arc of their shot, the depth of their shot, if they're missing left or right and, and you know, short and long. So they'll be able to get that instant feedback, which ultimately will help, you know, hone in with their objective feedback to, again, give them chances to improve faster and identify what's right and what's wrong. What was the degree? How did you know? Because this is kind of what we've seen so far, at least for me in the last, I don't know, 15, 16 years. It's like when you go from a, uh, a de- the development kind of director, the guy, to teams, and 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 people start representing Kind of, the brand isn't the right word. The, the you yeah. know the business entity. Yeah. Everybody wants a touch. They 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 want Brian. They want they want they want hands on. And 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 you've got to surround yourself with a staff and coaches that will not only represent you but yeah. uh, you know the name on the jersey. Was that did you lose sleep over that decision to go that direction and kind of branch out? Did you did you see what went wrong and what went well before I? It's kind of a leap of faith that you're making work when the minute you put Hoffman Hoops Academy on or HHA on, on a jersey. Yeah, I mean, it, it started, you know, with the kids that I was working with saying, hey, let's put a team together. Like, they kind of approached me and said, hey, let's get a team together. Like, you're working with all, all of us. Let's just all play together. I look at it with my teams um, and I kind of, and this is kind of another non-negotiable, I guess, that I have too with my (laughs) teams. You know, I let them know, you know, from that first team I ever had was, hey, we're using these games as a way for me to evaluate you, see what your habits are, see what's sticking, what we need to go back and practice and work on. So, um, you know, with with that, my expectation with my teams are, hey, we're going to, we're going to do we're going to have play with a certain type of system, which you can be, be able to take to your high schools, implement college, pro, whatever your goals may be, um, and then use those games as a way to evaluate and assess and go back and practice and work on individual skills that you may be lacking, um, as well as, you know, then ultimately using it as a platform also to, you know, provide you with opportunities to play college basketball. So I think with that, you know, again, I – you know, I, it's the only hard thing is, you know, if you, you know, sometimes people correctly, incorrectly, they're like, well, if you're not winning every basketball game, they must not be learning anything. And, and the people that come and play for me know the goal is for their players to get better mm. and wins, losses, whatever, you know, those are going to come and go. Um, but I want those guys to improve individually, put them in a position to be successful, to improve, go back to their high school teams too be more successful on that level and then also be able to provide them an opportunity to, to play college basketball too, if that's their goal. And, uh, and along the lines with coaching, you know, I, it, it's, uh, you know, it took me a long, long time just to even have somebody else along my side, just to help me with right. some of my training stuff that I do too. So I would rather work, you know, you know, for a long, long time, <laughs> I would rather work 120 hours a week myself you know, until I find somebody that I trust and I can train and they will be the exact same voice as is, is with me. So I definitely take that um, very, very seriously. Yeah. And you, I, <laughs> I've been to the, the old gym, uh, kind of the makeshift gym you had over there and the garage, whatever it was. And 
now it's been out to your new place. How big was that facility move for you and what you're able to offer to kids and everybody that you're working with? Hey, the old gym was awesome, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, don't lie. I love the old gym. I'll never forget it because <laughs> guess what? there was a little bit of air conditioning in there, but guess what? It would get hot summers it'd be 90 in there. And you know what? If you don't like it, guess what? This ain't for you. So I love, you know, I like that part of the old gym. Some of the new gym, I'm like, you know, you get that feel of, all right, you guys are, you're reaping the rewards, whatever, but guess what? You know, you still got to put the hard work into it, but uh, with the new gym that have just afforded me the opportunity to uh, be able to have more kids kind of have, again, be able to do more group training in there as well. Um, it allowed me a little quarter court area to do individual workouts as teams may be practicing in there and then having the weight room option too. Um, with Grant Everly at first pick performance. I mean, that's a, it's just a, it's awesome, a real deal. Yeah. It's an awesome combination for kids to, be able to get the best skill training basketball wise and get the best sports performance trainer and grant and his first big performance crew there. So it just kind of a natural progression, which has worked out awesome because I mean, parents are coming and kids are coming and they're getting results in one spot, one place. And it's been, it's been awesome. What have you seen kind of happen? Uh, the evolution it has, well, let me ask you if there's been anything, maybe it's nothing. Has there been anything in the game that has become kind of the 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 flavor of the day, whether it's ball screen, or how, whatever it is, and it you've had to kind of adjust in the services you provide, or do you do what you do with the vision of it can encompass or fit into almost any style of game? Uh, I kind of have that vision of it can encompass any style of game. Um, you know, it's kind of the game went from a lot of dribble drive and then all of a sudden it went to more motion offense where everyone is running motion offense, but nobody was really teaching anybody how to set a screen or come off the screen. So it was a lot of bad motion offense. And then it was a lot of continuous ball screen offense. And then with the switching of everything now it's come, you know, it's more, you know, then all of a sudden it's circling back with more, you know, you got to be able to, go a little bit more one-on-one yeah the iso game is is creeping back (laughs) yeah yeah and uh so you know but then at the same time too you know when you look at the you know the college game as well um you know there's still there's so many different styles of play in the college system too where you know you know that you know you got to be able to shoot it you got to be able to run pick and roll you got to be able to move without the ball if somebody's you know, going in an ISO game where you're not just standing there, you got to be able to read drives. And then, then also again, it still comes back to, you know, what's amazing too is just, you know, when people do so much ISO ball and all that stuff, kids don't know how to defend a down screen. Like Mm -hmm. you can literally run down screens and be able to get kids wide open um, as well. So some, some of those things, just as simple as that, I mean, all, all that stuff comes back around. So being able to equip those guys with that knowledge, I think just, makes it more attractive to a college coach who's looking at this kid and says, okay, he can shoot, he can dribble, he can pass, he can ball screen, he can come off screens, he can read screens, and he can defend. And if you can check those lists off, it makes your value that much higher. And you mentioned your small town background, and um, I know you do a lot of camps for small town Nebraska schools, and you got a lot of small town kids playing for your teams. How important is it to you to give those opportunities to kids that maybe don't necessarily have the ease of access where 
we've got a bunch of people in Omaha in Lincoln that kids can go to a lot of gym space. How important is that for you to provide that outlet for them? Oh, that's super important. I, that's something that, uh, I value very much. I want to give those guys an opportunity and girls an opportunity, um, to be able to, um, have those skills, you know, and be able to bring that to them. And, you know, I, I just look at all the small town kids like that. that if I would have had something like that, that would have been, you know, great to be able to learn that at a younger age. Um, so I, I definitely have that as a high priority to be able to, you know, go those small towns, provide that service for them. Um, so again, when they're down the line, like, you know, they can be the best that they can be as well. So I just, that small town part feel, um, and same thing with Grant. Grant's from a small town too. So like we both kind of have that small town connection of, you know, just that small town hard work ethic that, you know, we definitely want to always give back to those kids. Brian, when you, how do you discern or how do you decide, uh, you've got your family of your own. They're like, Hey dad, you've got all these tools that you're providing. We want and need some of that too. What's the tug of what's the tug of war like under your own roof versus being back in your own facility to oh, go from yeah. to go from Brian to dad? <laughs> oh yeah, it's oh well, you know, it's you know, as you know as a as a coach, you know, you go if you're playing you're you're doing workouts four or five hours a day, you got this going on, this going on, and then you get home and it's hey dad, let's go play basketball. I want to play one on one for an hour or two hours or do this or do that. So, you know. That's all. That's, uh, you know, you come home like any other job and you got to put your energy hat back on for those kids to give them as much as possible like you would any other kid too. And, and then, but at the same time too, you know, having your kids, you know, being able to, you know, Hey, I want to teach you this. I want to teach you this, but I always kind of, you know, I have things that I kind of like them to do, but at the same time too, it's always, you know, putting in their hands. Hey, do you want to do a basketball workout with dad today? You want to, you know, play some one-on-one with dad today? Do you want to do this or do this? So I always kind of, again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, if they want to play great, if they don't great, you know, I'm always there for them to support them. However, but yeah, that it's a, uh, you know, it's just a, yeah, it's a definite balance act with, you know, hours and teams. Cause especially during the school year, you know, when they're at school, I'm either, you know, doing work or doing workouts during the day sometimes too. And then when they get home, you know, if I have night workouts and all that stuff, it makes it a little bit tougher, but, um, but that's where you just got to be able to be, be effective with how you're planning things out. So, you know, not to, uh, neglect my family at all by any means. And speaking of supporting, you're pretty supportive of a lot of the kids that have come through your gym that, that go off and, do big things with their, yeah. their AU teams or high school teams, guys like Lucas Vogt and Quinn Johnson at Loomis that, that yeah. you've worked with. How cool yeah. is that for you seeing um, these guys that have come to you for work throughout the years that go out and have such great success? Uh, that didn't, at the end of the day, it's all about the kids. It's about them improving. Um, if I can, whatever I can do with the talents that I have to help them attain their goals, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. Um, and you know, from whether it's a class A kid or a small town kid, um, for them to be able to kind of reap the rewards and kind of help guide them through that process and, and whatever I can do to help, you know, whether it's skill development, whether it's just a phone call, whether it's a bad shooting night and they see need some reassurance, um, whether it's, you know, breaking down their film during the week, you know, a scout, quick little scattering port, if it's, you know, whatever it is that I can do to help them. 
um, that's, you know, ultimately what I'm, I'm here for and what I want to do. So, and, and I'm also, you know, what I, I'm also lucky to like is being able to, I mean, I provide for, I mean, I work with everybody. I kind of just stay in my own lane. I work with everybody, OSA kids, Link Supreme kids, factory kid. It doesn't matter what age, what group, you know, I'm here to help everybody. So, and that's kind of what I've been about. And that's why I'm, you know, successful and, uh, continue to do what I do. Brian, we appreciate it, man. It was well worth it. <laughs> I'm glad the schedules kind of finally got together, man. One of the best in the business. I think both of us can test to that. We've seen a lot of the work you've done. That's not just lip service. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate I, it. I would love to have been a part of that family. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, we, we appreciate your time. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, B. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, I think something that he, he really makes work to his advantage that he maybe doesn't know or it's unintentional, he's kind of intimidating. You know, he's <laughs> his delivery. And so you have to really want it because he's not going to beat your door down. He It can kind of come across as indifferent. And I think it's a nice little screening mechanism, right? Because it lets you know right away he's not he's – not, not banging down your door to, to, to come help you. If you want to come see him, you know where he's at. Exactly right. And that's, <laughs> and that's like, yeah, it's good to have someone in your corner kind of pushing you. But at the end of the day, if you don't have that internal drive, it's you're not going to go very far. It's, it's been the difference. Yeah. It? Like, as you've seen some of these kids from younger, 6th, 7th, 8th grade to the high school level, people talk talent all they want to. Yeah. Listen, Hunter Salas – the high end of the high end talent isn't where he is without want to. Yep. He spends a ton of time in the gym. You look at a guy like Lucas Vogt, who I spent a good chunk of the week just talking to. Yep. It was just yep. really the two of us. Yep. I'm talking about his uncle playing baseball at Midland and just uh, just a multitude of things. We're talking Tracy McGrady, just a good kid that wants to play basketball. Always yep. had a ball in his hand. He was in the gym. He's watching games if he's not playing. Like, that's the difference, right? And and Chucky Hepburn, too, who uh, oh, kind of The consummate gym than, rat. And he's the guy that was kind of the the preordained, like, this is the best kid. Yep. He's awesome and um, in the middle school and on. And he was able to maintain that lofty uh, standard throughout his high school career because he just kept working to keep getting better. And the the improvement he made even going into his senior year yeah. and the way shooting the ball shooting ball 100% like he he's already committed uh he he's accomplished so much going in and he just kept getting better uh made a big leap into his senior year too so that that's so important for all these kids that yeah, want to even far. even in Brian's delivery it has a toughness yeah. edge to it yeah. right like yeah. I, I don't know if it's intentional like i said but you just get the sense if that's that's what the option that you choose, you don't work at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not gonna be given. Yeah. And you mentioned your talk with Lucas Vote. He was filling in for the OSA seventeens uh this weekend down in Atlanta because they were a little shorthanded. Josh yeah. Dix wasn't able to uh, make the trip down there and Roy Bijak is still out injured. Yeah. So um so you're down there all weekend, gotta see all three yeah. uh, Adidas teams. Kind of what are some of your takeaways? I actually think, you know, he that might be something that they entertain long term. Right. It, it's hard for me to kind of envis- visualize what's happening without Josh Dix, yeah. but I like votes. Uh, I think he's a very good extension of what Coach Mosser wants. 
high basketball IQ. He's strong with the ball, doesn't turn it over. Um, he's he's kind of quiet, explosive. He's got very good change of direction. I, when I say quiet, I mean on the national yeah. scale. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, here locally, we've seen a lot of the two-hand throwdowns yeah. and his athleticism. And, but I think in, in Atlanta, he kind of caught some folks off guard because he looks very unassuming. They need, they need a calming presence like that because I think they really missed Josh's composure. Oh, 100%. And that, it, his yeah. demeanor, his savvy, he just doesn't get rattled. I, I think that was probably – the, the biggest thing they missed other than probably his penciled in 18, 19 yeah. again. And that's what Lucas did for last year's team, obviously with Hunter and, and Saint and all those guys. He was out there. He was uh, talked to coaches all the time. Like his plus minus was through the roof for that team yeah. just because he was so valuable for doing all the little things he did and keeping that team together and kind of being the, the, the connector piece between all those talented players. Yeah. They had a really tough schedule. Yeah. Um, and, and, but I felt like over time they, they got better. Right, they were really good against Southern Assault, which, I mean, they're going seven one six eleven. They had the long wings that really shoot it well. You're going against maybe a potential at some place down the road NBA player who went for a quiet thirty, I think <laughs> six maybe. Didn't even look like he was really trying. Um, but I, I like their composure. PJ Davis shot it well, especially late. Um, Daener Dempsey showed flashes of being able to get up and down the floor. And I really like how they received instruction from Coach Mosser. That's good. Right, where, hey, this is what we need. This is who I need you to be. This is where we've got to come out. I I felt like they finished stronger than they started, which is a testament to a team that's willing to listen. Yeah, and it's good for them to get this opportunity early on in the spring to kind of, all right, now you go see some of these teams. This is what you're going to have to – this is the level you're going to have to play with when we get to July and we're going to get into these live periods and these uh, uh, Adidas events and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you, you uh, see guys like Connor Eggerson, who's playing for the Indiana Elite, uh, who's got a Creighton offer, oh, yeah. a fantastic player. There were lots of those guys in Atlanta. The 16s, I've, so the, the, the whole thing with the 16s is when they figure out, and they were without Coach King, so there was a little bit of familiarity, yeah. I think, that was kind of going on with the staff, which is fine because it's a heck of a – listen, if that's going to be a fill-in staff, I'll take it. They're pretty good. Um, I like um, – I may be a little biased with Coach Schwenka, I know, but hey. Um, West Side guy. Um, that was a good guy. The, the thing about it is learning roles. Yes. I really like how uh, Brennan Clemens is playing – haircut I didn't even recognize yeah him you know so I'm stretching him he's like hey you know DB can I get a stretch and and uh so we're just talking right yeah. and I'm stretching him on the sidelines he's a big long strong kid and just listening to him what he likes how he likes the teaching you know he said it's a marathon not a sprint it's it's gonna be you know they're playing the long game not yeah. the short game with these guys I think when they figure out their roles a little bit because you got some guys you know I mean you know you know Connor Milliken is a combo guy, yeah. but does the bulk of the scoring for his high school. Um, you know, Josiah Dotzler going back to handling yep. the ball after spending kind of a year yeah. and a half without handling it, yeah. playing with Chucky Hepburn at the high school level. Um, Ryland Smith, yeah. another That's... primary ball handler. Yep. So I think getting those guys to learn to play off the ball a little yep. more will will really serve them well. And that's what we talked about after the recruit look weekends just kind of you got all those guys figuring out how to play together and how to share the ball the right way and wait for your opportunities 
and, and being patient. I think that's the thing for them. Like, you don't have to make a play every single time you touch the ball. You, you hit the nail on the head. Like, it's not for those guys with as good as shooters as they could, yeah. they can be. It's not the next extra pass. It's the next two. Yes. So one, then another, and somebody's going to be open. Especially when you get guys like Milliken and Dotzler and Ryland, for that matter, who can get downhill. When you can get to all those spots on the floor, hey, turn into a creator. Somebody's going to make a jump shot. Yeah, and it sounded like Price Sanford went off in at least one of those. Tell you what, he is. Um, so this is my favorite thing about him. People can talk about his length. and That's, that's good. It's nice. His number one skill set. Is his poise. He does not get rattled. They run doubles at him. They try to sit down and touch and clutch and grab. He, his temperament is built for – you could tell he's used to winning, yeah. right? Because he – you know when you see a winner? He comes across like a winner. He just doesn't, just doesn't get rattled. Yeah. Great, great guy. Talked to his dad quite a bit, so maybe I'm a little biased <laughs> from this weekend, like yeah. recency biased. Just a really good kid. Didn't say boo. Yeah. Right? It's, and it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, they've got some real pieces on the team. They once, do. Once they, they, it they out. got a, they, that's a Adding Brennan and Price is exactly what they needed to balance out that It's a much better team. roster than I originally gave yeah. it credit for on paper. Yeah. Right? I'm like, wow, they don't have a ton of weak. They're not the biggest yeah. team, but the way that they play – They'll be fine. But even then, like, Price 6'5", uh, Brennan about 6'7", that's not – they didn't have that even that last yeah. year. Like, I, you're I, playing I, a lot I, of four guards and stuff I, like I think that. if they can figure out how to play with one another, they, yeah. they've, got a, they've got a lot of ability. And the team that I probably think is the best of the bunch is, is the Speaking 15th. Of ability. <laughs> they're, they're way good. 4-0? Yeah. They, yeah. They, uh, and, I, and I say that full objectivity. They, were, they became – what I felt like was the talk of that tournament with – we had the folks from One World, who was Quinn Cook's team, uh, come down and watch as they were playing. His, his good team was playing in that, that last game. He, the whole directors came down. Indiana Elite was very complimentary. Uh, hey, where are you guys from again? You know, we heard that. All, where are you guys from again? Where are you guys from again? Where are you guys from again? That's, yeah, you always want to hear that. <laughs> and, and it's like you, you say Nebraska and, and Omaha, and it's like, oh, man, you guys got to get out of home. And we're like – I was offended. I was yeah. like, why, why do we have to get out of Omaha? Like, we like, we kind of like yeah. what we're doing. It, it just, um, there's, there's three things I think that set them apart. Number one is their versatility. They can, they can they're not big, but they went against a lot of length. The way that they can switch and get under you in guard, it's very uncomfortable. That's it, the way you have to survive when you don't have science. It, it is frustrate the heck out of it. Is, it's them. very uncomfortable, and I think those teams would turn the ball over. And you know, the one world, the team that you know they've got a really good player that's at Dematha right now, and and uh, I was just talking to his dad after the game, and he said, you know, nobody guard. He said, you know, nobody guards him like that. You know, and and I think with 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 Coach Fisher and Coach Albers and 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 obviously Alvin Mitchell. You can't play without guarding. The evolution of Will Cooper defensively has been fantastic. Now, he fouled out against One World in the last game, but I was just watching him all weekend go against legit bigs with length, and there were times I wanted to ask him if he needed a mouthpiece. Say, <laughs> now, now, wouldn't, now, you would have yeah. never said that before, but, I mean, this guy that would go find the corner and just knock well, down about six out of ten threes, right? And I was talking to his dad that first weekend um, and about how, yeah, like he doesn't have his brother there to go box out and rebound for him yeah. anymore. Like, 
uh, Jack was always the one kind of doing the dirty work inside, and Will was just out there kind of spacing forward, knocking down shots. Now he's going to have to do a little bit more of that. He said he'd never boxed out <laughs> before in his life, and now he's going to have to. Yeah, a lot of, lot of different um, leading scores, I, I, I think. Yeah. Um, and that team, it's not going to be about points, in, in my opinion, because you're going to be the beneficiary of a lot of leaky runs. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to have guys that turn you over. They, they fluster you. You're going to get a lot of layups. So we kind of get away from points, and we look at, you know, hustle, hustle work, plus minus is, is a good indicator because he'll, he can play 10, and he, he'll do it at any time. Like, he, he'll mess with combination. I, I really like um, Marcus Glock. Yep. So here's the thing that I like about Marcus. It's not necessarily the the individual shooting or the fact he's going to go nine to ten yeah. from the foul line or any one thing. His IQ, yeah, and feel for the game is fantastic. He's very unselfish, and he does something that I think is very difficult. He moves without the ball, and he doesn't need the ball in his hands yeah. to be effective. Like there, there aren't a lot of people, in my opinion, that that can say that he's and he's efficient. Yeah. I, he he caught my eye a lot. I, I like his temperament. You know, he's not a needy guy. You don't have to babysit him. And, and that's the thing. It's that's the tough part with all these kids growing up as the best player on their team. Yeah. Um, they have so much responsibility to create, and a lot of these kids, <clears throat> excuse me, um, kind of grow into that kind of player. Where it's it's kind of rare when you find a guy that's willing to make the the cuts, space to the right spot. Yeah. Kind of fill the open window. Just let somebody else make a play and be ready to take advantage whenever you're you know who that is. Uh, Neil Mosser, a guy yeah. that has had been a primary scorer. Listen, his threes—they're not a bonus for us. We need him to shoot yeah. it well, but he doesn't have to. Yeah. He guards. He's he's one of the better tap rebounders. He gets to loose balls. Yeah. He doesn't. He's on. He surprised me. He's better. With better players. Yeah. Well, there aren't a lot. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of kids at that age that have been good scores that can that are like that. He's one of them. See, I think he's a kid that would rather get the highlight reel assist than necessarily the three himself. He loves like catch rebound, chucking it up the court for a streaking teammate. He loves getting the quick touch pass, the extra swing. Like he's a really good passer. So you put him with other guys that can take advantage of that. I think you can really see that skill set come out with him. Yeah. So I talked about their versatility, their ability to defend. That's one, two. The other thing is the the third thing. They're very good. They act like they should win. They 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 well, got a lot of kids who have done a lot of it. So they're not intimidated by the moment. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you look like. Warm. We saw so many dunks and warm ups and. <laughs> Big, long, strong teams, and it it just those guys just don't matter. Like they they it they they've they've won so much. It's just they they expect to win. It's a it's a very quiet, confident group. Yeah, meanwhile, I was here in Omaha for so Midwest. Looking Live. at your pictures yeah. this weekend, man, when you're yeah. smiling as a as a champ. Yeah, it feels pretty good. Um, Midwest Live here, hosted by Todd Miller. He does a great job. Iowa Gym Rats uh, hosts a bunch of uh, events every summer, and um, last year. So I guess since he started there, uh, 16U, my team, we won the championship. We were in the, we won the championship last year in the second division. Yeah. This year they moved us up, put us in the top pool, and we, we got a little bit of help. We, we dropped the game we shouldn't have. Uh, threw a 1-3-1 zone at us, and we just couldn't make any shots. But uh, based on point differential, that first game, we beat Lincoln Supreme's top team 
by 20 in our first game. Wow. And, and that's what that's got it the done. One, so we were talking, uh, was that was Saturday, right? Yeah, uh, that, that was Friday. Fr- okay, so game, Saturday yeah. in the midday, we were talking about yeah. that score. We were scrolling. Yeah. And I, th- this is me saying yeah. I saw full disclosure. Look at Tyler and I, Oklahoma Tyler, and I said, is this a sign of things <laughs> to come, or should we give Jacob a little love? <laughs> and, and I won't tell you what he yeah. said, but <laughs> <laughs> it was all about the kids, yeah. according to him. I, but yeah. it, it, I mean, that was big, yeah, right? We, so, so well, how, twenty from three in that game. So that helps. how much of that was repeatable? That's what we. That was really what we like. Could you do yeah. that again? So the twelve. So we twelve to twenty for three in that game. We did not shoot twelve or twenty in the next game. We came back though, and we pulled out a tough one. Um, we were, they had six, six kid that was going over our back end, every rebound put back and, uh, guys just kept scrapping. It got down to one point. We were up 51, 50 after being up double digits. I called the timeout. I forgot four or five, something left. It's ripped into him, like challenge. I'm like, guys, this isn't how we play. They responded 16 to nine run and the game end up eight point win there. And every one of these points that we got in these win ended up mattering because we won point differential. Well, we ended up getting the head to head over Lincoln Supreme. Uh, we thought it was going to come down to point differential, but um, a play for him Academy beat Mocan select uh, in overtime on a buzzer beater. Um, yeah. So that otherwise would have been a three-way tie. We still would have won that based on point differential because of the way he took care of his, took care of business. Do you like the fact that you have, um, is it an advantage or disadvantage that you have so many similar body types? Pretty good. So yeah, we, we don't have any post players. We, <laughs> we got a, we go six, three is our tallest guy. Um, and, but that, that allows us to switch everything. I've got some really instinctual defenders that are able to make plays, blow some things up. Max Nozzle is phenomenal. Made a big, uh, huge defensive play in um, the championship game against OSA Lindbergh, um, their national one team that we practice with every week. And um, we ended up winning that 57-53 in the final. <laughs> we, uh, it, it was tie game. We, we go down, get a bucket, um, then – we don't get a stop. We foul them. They miss a free throw. We get the board, and then we hit two free throws to see one. And we haven't shot free throws great very well so, uh, all, all spring. So um, just composure by my guys down the stretch. Um, it was awesome to see. They, they, they were playing so hard in that game. And that's kind of – when we're rolling, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's five, ten guys, whoever's in there, all playing together on a string and playing hard. So there were – did I see five divisional champs from so local? Yeah, yeah the, uh, well – I didn't look at some of the lower, uh, all, all, everybody that won, but the 17U top division was Lincoln Supreme National beat OSA Freeman pretty handily in the championship game. And that Supreme team is pretty darn good. Yeah. Got a guy like Brett Mahoney who didn't even have a huge weekend. Um, and we know what he's done throughout his high school career. He's been a really good player. Uh, I'll, say, I'll tell this, Brady Christensen from Lincoln Pies. Oh, yeah. He really impressed me. He was he was probably the best player on the floor in, in, in that championship game. And he's a guy that you've kind of been waiting on. Like, he, you see him Multi-sport shot up. Guy. Yeah, you, you've got the physical tools. You're kind of waiting, all right, is it going to click Plays for baseball him? too, right? I, I'm not sure what all he does, but 6'6", um, six, six, yeah. long, athletic. And he's, it, it looks like it's starting to come together for him. I, I think he averaged like 20 a game this weekend for them. Um, I'd, I think led him in scoring in, in, in the championship game. I was looking um, at the pictures yesterday. He looks just like a taller version of what he did when he was a kid. <laughs> exact, exact same yeah. smile. Yep. Um, but that is a motley bunch you've yeah. got. <laughs> uh, Mason Strong played really well uh, in the championship. Yeah, he can hit shoot a three, Yeah, hit four threes, um, 16 points, I think. And they've got some 
got a mix of um, some Lincoln and Omaha kids along with some, some smaller school kids. You've got Jackson Wyan from Milford. You've got Jake Bargan from Centennial kind of filling in there. So it, it's, it's a really good team. I would have liked to see Freeman's team at full strength against that team. They just kind of ran out of gas. They didn't have enough firepower. They were playing with seven guys again. Um, Evan Insom in broken thumb hasn't played yet for them from Bellevue West. And they're missing Anselman and Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson, uh, serious ankle injury that first weekend. So he's, we're hoping they just get him back for the live period in June. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that'll be big. They're hoping, uh, he'll come along and then Chase Holtman got banged up again, kind of one of their point guards. So they just didn't have enough guys. Payson Gillespie, um, was shooting the ball pretty well. Um, he had a few other guys um, kind of make some plays, but they just didn't have enough guys hitting. Uh, Casey O'Malley had a big second half trying to get him back in it from uh, Korean. Yeah, he's not afraid to get shots up, is yeah, he? No, he, he got downhill. He, he gets buckets. Hit a couple of threes and <laughs> hit a three off the dribble too, which isn't normally his, uh, yeah. his kind of his game. So um, those two were kind of going, but they just didn't have enough guys outside of them to be able to keep pace with Supreme. But that was an impressive, um, impressive weekend for Supreme. I'm glad I got to see them. Um, and then the 15th champion, actually over across the border, Southwest Iowa Impact, which is Southwest Iowa Select kind of rebranded this summer. Their 15s are really good. Are they? I'm, they I'll be yeah. curious to see. I, I, didn't, I didn't get schools for a lot of those kids because they didn't have it on the roster, so I don't know where they're coming from, but they handled 402 Chaos National, which is um, Nebraska team kind of out of Lincoln, uh, Taymor, Lincoln Southeast. He was really impressive, little shifty point guard. Oh, yeah. Um, at 21 in that game, got to the free throw line at will. Um Kendall Hinton, big kid, Lincoln North Star, um, nearly a double double. How do you think he's gonna? How do you think he's gonna progress? <laughs> they're gonna need some size at some point. Well, they, right now at North Star, they've got plenty of size. Well, Cle- it's well I'm saying Clemens, t- and then they Antal, uh, uh, Antala San Linnell, I believe, as his name is, is on the the Supreme uh, Nebraska Supreme. Like they've got some size. They got to get a little bit of help in the backcourt now. And I think they've got some younger guys too, but they're going to be really young um, moving forward. So they're going to have to have some of those guys step up and kind of fill those roles with the guys moving on, Josh Brown and Quad Abdel Kareem. And obviously what's the next big tournament you're looking for? We've got, I'm not sure what they're calling this period this weekend. (laughs) And then we've got Minnesota coming up for the Great Lakes. It's, what what's what are you what are you what are you looking for here? I've got so for me personally, I we've got our Sanford Pentagon stuff starting. Oh yeah, up, we so got that's the Pentagon yeah. that starts this weekend. Yep. I should know that because we're actually playing in that. Yeah, yeah and, and that's kind of a cool thing uh, that with uh, I'm glad to be able to see them back in that. Obviously, with the uh, going to Adidas, they kind of had to pull out of that a little bit because the conflict of scheduling there. But uh, with live periods not starting until later on, they're able to kind of get back in. It's always fun to see all the different OSA teams and. Hopping from bench to bench and seeing uh, supporting everybody. That's always fun weekend, especially on the road where, when you go up to Min, uh, Minneapolis and Sioux Falls. So we got Sanford and Omaha this coming weekend, week off, and we're going up to Minneapolis. And then that's hey, it. guess what? Hit, hit our break. I'll see you there because I have the exact same nice. schedule. <laughs> that's the legend, Jacob Padilla, one of the best. I always laugh at him. He's probably like. Dude, I'm not that funny. <laughs> I think he is. Anyway, we're back next week. It's Nebraska Preps postgame. That's JP. I'm old DB. It's all nicknames all the time on Nebraska Preps postgame. A Huda Media Production.